Welcome to the Elevate Purpose podcast, which is all about learning from the people working to solve the world's most important challenges. I'm Michael Slavey from Timshell. All right, everybody. Um, we're here today with Charles Adler. This is one of the co-founders of Kickstarter and the uh, the builder, founder, creator of Lost Arts, That's which right. is a soon-to-be-launched. Fingers, my fingers are crossed too. Good. Yeah. 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 In yeah. the uh, the as we were chatting coming up with this, the, the the in real life version of testing and and is a little different than than what you've been doing for the last twenty years. Yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so I, I'd love to just start with a little bit of your story. I mean, you you you've become sort of synonymous with you know, creativity and, and the Kickstarter movement and some of these sort of the ability to fund and execute on creativity in sort of the modern era through the web, but starting back, you know, in the early days of subsistence and the webzine culture and, um, you know, thinking about sort of how creativity became, seems to have become an, and how to create a more creative culture yeah. seems to be at the foundation of a lot of decisions and a lot of your arc. So how did... How did that start for you? Like, how did how did go back to your days in sort of the agency world and and look forward to now? Yeah, uh, maybe it goes further back from when I was like probably kid, yeah. right, or something like that. I don't <laughs> even I don't even know how to reflect on that. But um, good era, the the '90s and like the web zine kind of. There was a lot of punk rock on the internet totally. back then, and there's a little bit now, but it's a little bit more formalized, so uh-huh. maybe a little bit less punk rock. Um, Man, that's a that's a tough one. I guess I've always oscillated, I suppose, between I guess they say the like the left brain, right brain thing. And maybe it culminates in this interest as a kid I wanted to be an architect. Okay. Right? Which is this sort of perfect hybrid of art and science. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean it, architecture as a profession came out of out of the arts, right? Um as did engineering and we seem to forget these things. But um yeah, I don't know. As a kid, I was always interested in music. I mean, typically, like, independent music. Again, punk rock. Punk yeah, the early yeah. start of uh, electronic dance music out of Detroit and Chicago. And um, I don't know. There's just something about, like, the rawness of those scenes and the rawness of the work and the maybe even the, the, the I don't want to say the plight of the artist, but the difficulty that the artists challenge. had. Yeah, yeah, like when you're creating something new, um, and as an accidental, I would say, entrepreneur, you kind of realize there's a continuity here. But, you know, and then the other the other side was like, you got to make money. And I didn't really see myself as an artist. I was just fascinated by those who, you know, took the brave leap and did, did that things. work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will say, I mean, I guess the, the start for me in the 90s with, the web was at the start of the web and for me it was a distraction from engineering school so I wanted to be an architect I went to go to (laughs) engineering school studied mechanical engineering and um you know got caught onto the internet because of thankfully the department of defense dumped a bunch of money at the school I went to uh (laughs) and so we had early access to the internet uh which was rad and then early access to the web which was radder uh, and and it was just this like moonlighty thing that I would tinker with at right. like two o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning with a Mickey's forty ounce in my lap, just like mucking about. Sounds right. Yeah, and uh, and eventually I got an internship in I think ninety five up here in Chicago, uh, and then a few months later dropped out of school. And that was this other interesting parallel between um, the thing that was a hobby that was interesting to me. Uh, I was now getting paid for 
which right. was kind of twisted in my mind. I was like, oh my God, what's this? This is amazing. Uh, and so like, fuck school. I'm going to go work because I, I, I work hard and, uh, and I enjoy that. I learned a lot through that process. Well, but getting, getting the thing that you're most passionate about to be the thing that you're working on is mm. not always easy, mm. right? And it's particularly yeah. challenging in creative industries and in the arts and in, you know, this, you use the phrase accidental entrepreneur. And yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of artist friends use that phrase of like, I didn't mean to start a business, yep. but there is a there is a component to surviving as an artist that very much is about my own brand and how I sell and yep. and running. I you know I the artist am in some ways a small business, totally right. And being able to find, I mean, one of the things that I've always thought is so has been fascinating about the rise of uh, crowdfunding and Kickstarter and is you know the idea of a people raising for causes has been around for a long time. Totally. Yep. But there's something about the cultural moment that is different yep. and the ease of Kickstarter and the ease of some of these other platforms and mechanisms that seem to have given a lot of freedom to people of all types, whether they're professionals or not, whether they consider themselves artists or not to create, Yep. which I, you know, you, I, I heard you talk recently uh, at the Chicago Inno event. You talked yeah. about the first ever Kickstarter project. Yeah. Can yeah, you yeah, yeah. tell us the story? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Before I, I get think, into that, I almost yeah, okay. want to go into like the, the, the historical narrative that you, you referenced, uh, which I think is always fascinating to me as well. And this is something that we and Perry, my co-founder with Kickstarter, uh, would talk quite a bit about, which was, um, so there's two examples I'll give. One is if you think about uh, arts funding and uh, the Medici family. Effectively, we've enabled everybody to be a Medici. Mm -hmm. So there's another example of, you know, now it's a modern path with a modern twist on it, democratized capital mm -hmm. for creative projects. Um, and then maybe a bit more recent was when the Statue of Liberty came to, the, to New York, uh, and that was effectively crowdfunded. This, the, the government didn't have enough money to actually erect the thing they shipped it all the way from Europe. I think that was the general story. I might be getting some details yeah, yeah, wrong, yeah. but uh, but the city of New York chipped in, like individuals chipped in to put this thing up. They're so excited about it. Yeah. Um, so there's a ton of kind of organic examples of this thing happening. Uh, we just sort of codified it, right? Well, and, and enable it at scale, right? I mean, that's right. the other the the other sort of great opportunity. You know, in a lot of ways, the internet creates opportunities and is it obviously like sort of a massively generative generative technology but yeah. it also creates opportunities for old models to scale in different ways that yep. weren't ever going to be possible which was really about um bridging geographic divide right uh let's play up that an first access challenge yeah like let's ways. let's play up that um that first kickstarter project i'll, I'll sort of put some narrative around it perhaps so the fir very first project that transacted that funded uh, was was by a guy in, by the name of Dark Pony. Don't know the real name, right? Pseudonymity on the internet is actually kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> and the project was called um, Drawing for Dollars, right? So the narrative is pretty straightforward. He wanted to draw something for money, right? Uh, it kind of goes maybe to your facet of uh, accidental business person or yeah, accidental or hobbies and artist. passion. And yeah, yeah. For, for, for him or her, I don't quite know, uh, the the story was simple. They was they were the this person would doodle, would draw, but never finish. And so the exchange of capital created some tension that enabled right. this person to an finish. incentive to complete projects. Yeah, yeah, raised a total of thirty five bucks. 
Yeah, I think they want. I think he or she wanted to raise fifteen. So, you know, in sort of classic form, like blew the doors. Blew off. the doors yeah, off yeah, their yeah, 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 uh, their yeah. goals. Three people back the project. So, <laughs> um, humble beginnings for sure. But I but I I got to admit, I mean, we we have a tendency to you know we do this culturally in a lot of spaces, but we sort of like we get really excited about outliers and like the big projects that fund millions of dollars. But yeah. I, I get it. What is the average project size on Kickstarter? Uh, I mean, it's it's evolved over the years, but stayed fairly true. So I, th- I think, and I've been away from the company for about three years, yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm not really in the data every day. But um, uh, I think you know the 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 breadth or the the the, the density of the platform ranges from like the ten thousand to the hundred thousand dollar campaign, mm-hmm. and, which has been pretty consistent, consistent from the early days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is the outliers that are the twenty million, and sure. so right. I mean, we're it's at a point where we can certainly count on. Those every those, those happen, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that is uh, just a byproduct of the, the to the point earlier, like the scale of the platform. Yeah. Right? There's enough throughput. The the, that, com- the Medici community now, yeah. it's a group doing this work, as yeah. A, yeah, and funding things probably much more diversely, yeah, um, and more diverse projects, yeah, which is exciting. So how, yeah. you know, as you've uh, sort of taken taken a step back from Kickstarter and sort of launched into this new your new project. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Lost Arts. Mm-hmm. So yes, I know you're still doing like construction and, yeah. and the building and the uh, uh, you know as you say like sort of bringing sort of this like a creative com- community back into the real world. Yeah. Um, what was the just I'd love to hear like what was your motivation like why why this moment in time to sort of come back into the real world in some ways right and and yeah uh, embrace <laughs> embrace maybe your earlier ideas about architecture and spaces and creating spaces for people to create physical things and yeah um, hmm I, I I'll, I'll connect it to two two narratives that that get me to the point of like actually thinking this is a good idea <laughs> uh, so the first I think there's always a personal thing at least sure. for me that's the of general course. way that I, I I look at it um, and the personal thing for me was about 15 years ago, I wanted to build a piece of furniture. I had no right to build a piece of furniture. I didn't have any background in it. Didn't grow up with a, with, with a, you know, a garage full of tools and a dad who made furniture, yeah. it, which just wasn't that, that part of the story. <laughs> um, but um, I've always been interested in making. And uh, I had attempted to make this piece of furniture. It was a total disaster. Uh, I had no intention of going to a woodworking <laughs> class. Describe disaster. Ah, okay. So um, I have a lot of images in my mind, but I'm yeah. So I, you know, I didn't know what tools to buy. Sure. Right. Uh, and so the first thing I did was, well, let me look for a cooperative workshop. This is pre makerspace movement. Uh, this was around '01, so maybe like just at the precipice of when this was starting to kind of congeal in Europe. Um, and uh, so there was no thing as a cooperative right. workshop that I that I could find. So you're on starting at zero. The Google, yep. yeah. No support, no. Yeah, and it, I did. I also didn't know what tools to buy, so I wasn't going to go to Home Depot or whatever just buy all and the buy tools. stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I also lived in a condo, so where, right? Um, <laughs> minor detail. Minor detail. Uh, and I, so I had a design um, that I had put together, and there were some questions that I had. Things like, and why I was interested in a cooperative workshop was I already had a project. Um, I knew I could use some guidance, so I wanted to be around a community of people Other that... Other people building things. Yeah. yeah. And so none of that existed, and so as a bit of a tenacious person, I guess, uh, I just used what was around me, maybe resourceful is another word. Um, and so I used my father-in-law's tools in his backyard in Skokie, Illinois, awesome. in December. Perfect timing. Right. So I'm out in his backyard with my puffy jacket. The flurries are literally like 
I kid you not, starting to fall. I'm out there with this beautiful piece of walnut, uh, veneered walnut plywood, veneer, veneered plywood, walnut veneered plywood, uh, and with a, with a circular saw. Uh, uh, yeah. And so there was nothing straight about that cut. So, sounds like nothing could go wrong. Yeah, yeah. So no fingers were lost, nothing <laughs> like that. But uh, this beautiful piece of wood was just destroyed. Uh, and that was it. It, was, it literally just took one cut in five minutes. Uh, and that project has never been finished. <laughs> uh, and I think my father-in-law still has that has the remnants. wood. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was, you know, that was what I would say is like that was the, that was just a barrier. I was like. Fuck, Why is this so right? hard? Yeah. yeah, and you know this was way pre-Kickstarter. This was post-subsistence, um, and I just kind of went on. I was like, "Great, well, that that won't ever happen." That, that experiment and, didn't. Yeah, and then so years later, come Kickstarter, uh, and come launching Kickstarter and talking. So my role was product and design. Uh, predominantly at the company and so by nature of that I spent a lot of time with people that were running campaigns uh, or had run campaigns or hoping to run campaigns as research right and so in looking at the scale of people that I spoke to there seemed to be this this still this difficult task of transacting the idea and I think still transacting the idea whether it was um, digital or physical didn't mm -hmm. really matter right um, this is like barriers to implementation that just were seemed insurmountable. Yeah, I mean, think yeah. about it. Like the you 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 get out of college. I studied engineering, you could study architecture, art. You could be a CPA and sure. still want to get access to these tools. And you're in the same boat that I was in 15 years ago, right? Uh, and you could go blow a bunch of money on a bunch of stuff that you might never use. That seems super wasteful. So there's a little bit of the I suppose minimalist and environmentalist in my mind that. An expensive barrier to entry, too. Right? Generally about? speaking, I mean, some of the tools aren't that bad, right? Yeah. You go to Home Depot for a couple hundred bucks, you can buy, you know, a couple a, saws. Like a saw, right? But like, if you're gonna build a whole yes. sort of like maker space full of tools, you're talking about yes, this is a, this is a substantial investment. Yes, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> so, um, and uh, and so I started, you know, thinking about that. And when it came time to leave, um, I just opened a bunch of notebooks. Uh, and meaning leaving Kickstarter, mm -hmm. opened a bunch of notebooks and just wrote, spent time at coffee shop and bars and just trying to figure out like what would be next. And this is one of, one of the many ideas that I'd written down just because it was, I guess, part of my soul, right? Uh, and then spent the last couple of years traveling, looking at makerspaces and labs within universities and have universities changed. What did you, you find? Um, makerspaces are awesome, um, but still lack a level of access that has hit scale mm. right um and lacks i think in gen and these are general statements obviously sure. i'm sure there's outliers of course uh lacks programming to catapult somebody from uh, a to z okay right which is to say s people have a tenacity about them people have uh, uh, an ambition about them it could be that you just want to complete the project like me 15 years ago yep. or they actually want to start a company or somewhere in between um, and there's not a lot of programming around that. Uh, and so, you know, really, I think at the end of it, if I were to close this background story, um, you know, what La Lost Arts is intended for is ambitious creatives. Nice. Right? Um, and that goes back to that tonality or that attitude that I had 15 years ago. It was a personal project. Um, and you know, to me, you know, maybe a current day me, which is like, no, I actually want to go 
build a company around this, right? Right. Um, whether whether that product is a piece of furniture, whether that product is something yeah. related to a buzzword called IoT, right? Internet of Things, or something that effect. Right. I mean, <coughs> I think that that ambition, the scale of that ambition, is going to be different for everybody, and mm -hmm. I think that's an, sort of an exciting concept of like creating a space that is about people supporting other people, building things, building physical things. Yeah. Um, I think is exciting, right? And, and you know that each person's ambition is is personal and valid, and and you know maybe they want to finish the table, yeah. And maybe they yeah. want to start a business, right? That 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 all of those things can coexist in a space that's designed to help you create and to lower the barriers to to participation and engagement, and that you know I, I think there's a lot of that you know in in a in a world that is sort of driven in many ways by digital experiences creating yep. physical spaces it, it seems like we we're seeing more of a movement toward physical space right now right it, it like, is kind of interesting I, I made this comment um to a, a buddy of mine i'm sure a buddy of yours max temkin over troublemaker yeah uh over uh an innocent breakfast and i don't i'm not quite sure how to um dig any deeper than what i'm about to say um <laughs> but uh, there's this kind of off-the-cuff statement that I said, which is the internet is kind of becoming gentrified. Okay. Uh, which is to say, um, I, I've become less fascinated with these things, right? It's kind of it's it is hit a populace, which is mm. awesome, mm -hmm. but I'm not quite sure what to do with it anymore. Interesting. Uh, and and then I guess you, if you take a further step back, and I just string things together in my life from subsistence, which was this zine that published work of underrepresented artists, right? Um, there is this thread of empowering creative people. Like that was my attraction to Kickstarter through Perry and, and Yancey when I met them. Um, and that is what led me to experiment with Lost Arts, right? Um, and uh, yeah. And what do you think, I mean, the, p the potential and the possibility of inspiring and enabling more creativity has yeah a lot of potential impact on culture and society and people's well, economics economics right. right that the sort of you know i think there's there's a lot of inertia you know as we think about i, so I think about my own career inertia around sort of tried and true paths yep. right mm -hmm. and that we often as as individuals you know sort of get just slotted into i was having a conversation with a friend uh yesterday about sort of the challenge of like going to business school and building a network and doing something interesting. But then even with this like incredible community of smart, accomplished people, the number of quote unquote valid choices coming out is actually yeah. relatively narrow. Yeah. It's right? totally you narrow. Know, you're going to yeah, go yeah, into yeah. consulting or you're going to go into banking. And like, maybe if you're like a real outlier, you're going to start a business. Yeah. Maybe you go to, but there just aren't that many, you know, and, and I think this kind of thing of like inspiring access to creativity and the ability for, you know, you, you used an interesting phrase at the beginning when you were talking about the furniture project, yeah. which is I had no right to make furniture, mm, mm -hmm. which has been in my head since you said it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but of, of, but we the all question have, is why not? Why right? not? Yeah, like yeah, totally. what do yeah. like and enabling part of the challenge of, you know, who am I to be creative? Who am I yeah. to be an artist is, you know, the, the obvious challenge is who are you not to be? Yeah. But, or society and structures and inertia makes it hard to be yeah right and making it easier for more people to be artists and creative i think is lowering the barrier to participation i don't think that i think there's been 
you know, occasionally there's sort of been this elitist, like that's going to like reduce the quality of art argument that is really flawed. Yeah, that goes back, I think, to this, this sort of martyrdom of the artist, which drives me bonkers. The starving I mean, artist. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the, I mean, there's certainly stuff wrong with the art world, but um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that model. I just think that there's, there's opportunity for others to have a different model, which is effectively to make a living doing the thing that you want to do, whether it's art or something else that's cr- a creative pursuit. Um, and make money before you die. Yeah. Right? Or, or even, you know, y- yeah, y- absolutely, as the sort of the question of the prof- of a professional artist, but also mm. access to creativity for people who aren't professional artists. Yeah. No, I, totally. I grew up, you know, doing a lot of art yeah. in various forms. I did music. I did theater. I did, I grew up at a, in Washington, D.C. I grew up stone, yeah. stone carving, of all things. Yeah. Trippy. Not, That's awesome. Not the most common. It, it was uh, the original thing. form of communication, I think, right? Uh, Outside of fire. I don't know. Whatever it is. <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 not a project, to your point, of like, mm-hmm. I live, you know, I've lived in apartments for in a city for most of my life. Yeah. Stone carving is very dirty. Yeah, it's very totally. loud. Yeah. It's not... It's not something you can do when you're living in an apartment unless you want to be <laughs> yeah. murdered by your neighbors. Yeah, 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 totally. And so it's not something I've done in since college. Yeah. And it's and and I I've literally between me and my mother who's moved a few times have been carting around about a thousand pounds of stone <laughs> for about twenty years. That at some point we're very similar in this way. Yeah. At yeah, yeah. Some for point, me, it's records. For yeah, you, yeah. it's stones. Well, yeah. and at, this is like my version of the your beautiful piece of walnut. Yeah. Yeah. I I've. N- at, I've never been willing to get rid of them, yeah, because yeah. they were gifts Order. and they matter to yeah. me. And 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 uh, at the same time, I've never done anything with them. And yeah. So the capacity for I don't expect to be a professional artist in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. but I miss art. Yeah, we need an right? outlet. We need an outlet. And, yeah, the, and the capacity for more people being more creative, I think, is is interesting conceptually in terms of how that affects how we interact with each other, yeah. how we communicate in relationships how we behave in other jobs, right? Where, you know, I, I spend my day, you know, working here at Tim Shell, working with social impact organizations, building movements, building technology. How does being a more creative human yeah. affect, you know, our ability to do the work we do every day? I, and I think there's this, there's this fallacy to work where when you're in front of a computer or in front of the table saw, whatever your, your profession. Your instrument is. Yeah, yeah. You're, that is the only time that you're working. Mm. which is BS, right? Like the reality is, I mean, we're kind of working out, obviously this is a podcast, so maybe we are working, but uh, you know, on my bike ride over here, I'm working, yeah. right? I'm thinking, right. it's the intellectual side of the, uh, uh, that comes before the tangible side of, of transacting the, the idea. It's where the ideas come from. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's, um, you know, the reason why we have the national park system is for escape. And escape is some form of uh, work Right. It's where where we, you know, some say it's where our best thinking happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the shower. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's these innocent places. And so I think part of those in that sort of slew of innocent places is that that place where you're completely lost in what you're doing. Right. Whether it's stone carving, whether it's screwing up a piece of uh, veneered plywood, <laughs> beautiful veneered plywood. Um, those are we need escapes. Right. Um, and, and so I, I certainly see part of the ambition for lost arts is empowering that I think going, you know, like there's a, there's another thread to this, which is, um, you know, we're in, you said we're in this moment. We didn't really dig into that much. And I, and I love this moment that we're in because it is a moment that, um, has this, there's this beautiful narrative unfolding, which is I, I sort of borrow from 
President Obama's 08 campaign was his return to Main Street, right? Um, but you can say like return to the home. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think part of this is the getting into the romance of how things are made, right? And we certainly have things like Instagram and uh, Periscope and Kickstarter and Twitter and all of these social media, I'm using air quotes, uh, air quotes uh, don't work that well on a podcast. No, I know. That's why I had to say it. Yeah, appreciate that. And and so, you know, there, we, we have effectively, like, unlocked all of this stuff on the Internet and empowered people to express themselves, and we've created, like, new versions of rock stars or new brands, right, because of this. Uh, and you, borrowing a term that you used before, we've unlocked, right? Um and yet we're also in this time where we talk about two words that at least that I focus on um, are creativity and innovation, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and more often than not, it's a question mark at the end of it, right? How the F do we do that? Um, and with innovation, it's usually around like, I want that. Right. Like, let's build an innovation center, which is to be completely frank, a bunch of BS because um, I don't want to say innovation is an accidental result, but because it, it you can architect towards it, but in order to architect towards it, you need to be honest in terms of where it begins. Like, what are those humble beginnings? And I think it does begin with creativity. And so digging a I was going to ask you to separate, what do you, what's the difference between innovation and creativity in your mind? Yeah. So I'll get to that okay. after I get to this other point, which is, um, again, kid out of school, right? Um, it's when our mind is the most fervent, right? Uh, bubbling with ideas. We have fewer limitations in our, in our, in our brain. Uh, because we haven't effed up yet, right? Uh, or calcified, right? And 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 that's the moment we lose access to all this stuff, mm. these tools. Like when I when I think about like the physical world, if you will, yeah. uh, we lose access to the uh, colleagues around us, the other students around us. We lose access to the professors. Of a university, totally. those kinds of things. Yeah, and as much as that can be constraining, and quite honestly, those things are falling apart. Um, we lose access that sort of freeform access to those tools, and yet we want to empower creativity, but we don't empower access to tools that empower creativity. And we want innovation, but it starts with creativity. So I'll, I'll get into the last, the, the question you had asked, which was, I was asked to, for, as a talk, to talk about innovation. And I basically went up on stage, like, I, I have no idea, right? Um, <laughs> but, but I will try to unpack it in my own little kind of way. And what I what had gone through, um, in my reflection of that term was kind of reverse engineering the term like the, the result that you want is innovation so like how do you start and so the the first layer down uh it what is defining like what an innovation is or what innovation is and to me that is a marketable invention right okay. it's something that hits a nerve with culture with society that um is able to scale because there's a need right latent or otherwise so a marketable invention. So in order to get to a marketable invention, you need an invention, right? And usually when you look at the, the sort of world of, you know, when things come to be, like an invention, there are many. Mm -hmm. There are several by multiple people, mm -hmm. right? It could be iterations on, on a single, could be by a single person, but usually there's a whole trough of people. And so like, even if I were to pull it back with Kickstarter, there were those before us, there were those all around. There was this moment that we were all going through um, and we hit, happened to hit that nerve, right? Um, so we were the innovation in a slew of inventions. And so where do you get uh, to, how do you get to invention? Well, you've got to tinker and experiment, 
right? You muck about, right? It's you get to the point of something's functional, and that's when you can kind of call it an invention. You've invented something that works. That's functional. Functional. Right. Maybe yeah, yeah. you get an output from an input. Uh, and so digging a bit further from mucking about, like where does mucking about come from? It comes from those innocent moments where you find a barrier and you think, oh, there's a better way to do this, right? Which to me is that creative thought, yeah. right? Well, and I think that the concept of a better way is also inherent in the way I think about innovation beyond the sort of marketability question yeah. of an innovation in some ways it can be institutional, it can be a product, but it's, it is, to try to do something better tomorrow tomorrow than we did it today. Yeah, right. I mean, you see this with, with art movements as well. Like, mm -hmm. it's the same bloody thing. And so, to me, it's it, even going to this distinction between art and commerce um, kind of drives me bonkers, right? Because, like, there's so much... Obviously, like, there's an economic um, tension in, in that intersection, uh, but there's so much, like that is similar that embodies the individual. Right? I just want to put this thing out there, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, interesting. So tell, tell me, what's your timing like on Lost Arts? When, are we, when, when is this gonna be a thing in, in, yeah. in the real world? I'm gonna have to ask world. the city that. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I, we were talking earlier and there's this interesting reflection. So I, I, I um, well, let me answer the question. So sometime in July awesome. is, is the plan. Soon, so it, it's, it's great. Very, very soon. Uh, and why I say it depends on the city is we're going through these inspections. And this is all part of the experiment is understanding, like, what does it take to get something IRL out into the world? Um, and I'd, I'd done a, what, I, what I sort of label as the proof of concept last year. So there was okay. this period post leaving Kickstarter and, you know, traveling around looking at these different spaces and just hanging out, talking to people. Um, and I kept thinking, like, okay, if I'm going to go build this thing, whatever it's going to be called... Um, how do you do that? Because the, 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 the intention or the vision, if you will, like mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes again, uh, is, you know, what was at least at the time, like a 30,000 square foot space and empowered a whole slew of disciplines, right? Which is still part of the, the, the thing today. Um, but then it was a broader set of disciplines. 30,000 square feet is a lot of space. It's a big space. Right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not only talking about one space. I, the plan is multiple spaces, mm -hmm. right? Um, sort of a network of spaces. And so how do you, think about that that right. didn't seem like humble beginnings to me I don't like starting at the end you want to start at the beginning maybe that's a little bit of a thread here and so I started breaking down this like or beating myself up what is to sort think, of the minimum viable product yeah, yeah. and that's a, that's a basically the key which was trying to leverage this stuff that um, I had learned or we had all collectively learned over the decades now of doing products in a much more iterative way on the internet uh, and bringing that into the real world, right? And so last year I'd done this proof of concept. It was a one-month pop-up, um, sort of a design constraint of one month, invited 60 folks from around the city, cross-discipline, uh, architects, artists, engineers, blah, 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 to use this space, 4,000 square feet uh, with 3D printers and laser cutters and woodworking equipment, screen printing, janky internet uh that was the one <laughs> failure point uh <laughs> interesting yeah 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 but that's the thing yeah, totally that right work. no totally 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 <laughs> actually yeah uh, the that's irony funny. is it was totally lost awesome. on me um and uh yeah that was that was awesome that's my big takeaway today uh <laughs> that's that's amazing um so so yeah and and that was just to kind of feel out 
what was going on, right? No different yeah. than those are our alpha. How right? could this work? Totally. And so this year, I describe it as a prototype. Like we're, we're not going to be sort perfect. That's the mucking about. Right? It's of a like, little bit more of the mucking yeah. about, right? Th- th- that might be your tagline, by the way. Yeah, mucking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all, well, and that's kind of the intention, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there is something kind of deeply rooted in in the mucking about the spirit of play, right? Yeah. It's enabling people to find their own opportunities. Um, in a way that's that's self-directed, right? And I and I guess I describe a lot of who I'm interested in are those, those um, kinesthetic folks, the folks that you know you can go take a class in in woodworking on the nor- on the north side of Chicago, right? It's amazing woodworkers that can teach you teach you stuff, but we're not going to do that, right? And I, and and I don't want to do that because I, I I want that to be around as mm-hmm. well, right? In its own right, like I think that's an amazing. You don't need to reinvent that. I don't need to reinvent it. I also don't need to crush it. Right. Right. I don't want to do that. Um, I want to kind of play in the new new space. And yet the new space is old space because I think about what's influenced me over my life as was um, uh, movements around like the Bauhaus right in Germany or as that shut down uh, the Black Mountain College mm-hmm. um, and which North Carolina, right? in I believe North Carolina yeah. kind of foggy this morning. Um, <laughs> it is literally foggy outside. Uh, and um, and you know that whole movement, which was about—I mean, literally—was about kinesthetic learning, right? Um, and experimentation, and some amazing people came out of that that era, and amazing thoughts and projects and art came out of that era. So nice. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something to what you just said about sort of the the virtue of play, right? That that as as children we create. St- play is often about creativity and creating things yeah. and building things and trying and trying stuff and that's something that we we lose we lose yeah. we don't yeah, do yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of as adults well this goes back to your 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 line of sight with you know you get your MBA and you get out of school and you go to consulting or you go get into architecture and you build buildings right you're kind of labeled as the thing and I always bucked against that right like I wanted to be an architect I became well, a half-baked mechanical engineering because I dropped out of school, and then I became a designer developer, and then even in that construct, I was a generalist, right? Like, right. I um, enjoyed design, but I self, I'm self-taught. Like, I have no right to be a designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am self-taught as a developer. I have no right to call myself a developer. I probably actually really have no right to call myself a developer, but, <laughs> um, but I, like, I tinker with technology and design, and so... You know, I think we we all have like a multitude of interests, and the the medium in which we decide to work can change because it's going to change, right? Because right. that just happens. Change is constant. Well, and and giving the, one of the things the concept of lost arts that I think is is really inspiring to me is this ability of access to access to means of expression and play that we've lost, mm. right? And mm-hmm. and it's and that there's something reborn in us and in people and creativity and culture as a result of the sort of summation of all of that activity that yeah. is gen- new and generative and yeah. reborn which i think is awesome reborn perhaps because we're born some of us are born with it right yeah. this curiosity so yeah nice. no totally great yeah well thanks for coming and hanging out this morning <laughs> thanks I for the it. coffee the water and the chat that of course awesome. all right yeah thanks for being here all right awesome. take care Thank you for joining us. We'd love to stay connected, so follow us on Twitter at TimShell or visit us at TimShell.com. Until next time.